Hi, and welcome to show number 30 of the El Cafcito Travel Talks, a podcast where people share travel stories and adventures. My name is Tony Lloyd, and I'm your host. It's a really cool experience to have gotten to show number 30 and to see people from all over the world listening in from countries like Germany, from Turkey, from Panama, from Russia, Spain, and a lot more. If you're interested in supporting this show, please take a look at our podcast notes to see how you could help so that we can make a lot more of these shows. I'd like to thank the people who have subscribed so far, and if you have not done so, please subscribe to any of the podcast providers so you too can get all the updates as soon as they come in. Also leave us some reviews that will help others to find us. Please take a look at the Facebook page to see the written stories. And if you're someone who likes to write, or if you have an idea for a future podcast, please send an email to lcaftitatraveltalks at gmail.com. Any questions or comments that you might have, or any suggestions on how to improve the show, please also send me an email to lcaftitatraveltalks at gmail.com. For today's show, I actually catch up with somebody who was here a few years back when the whole idea of the Cafcito Travel Talks started, and he was the one that wrote the first two stories on our Facebook page. So if you have not looked at that yet, please take a look at that. So get yourself a cup of tea or a coffee and enjoy today's show. Peter O'Donoghue is my name, all the way from Ireland. So Peter, yeah, we were, you were here in Cuenca with me about four years ago, right? Yes, 2016. 2000. Around this, yeah, just about four years ago now. <laughs> okay, that's sort of when the idea of Capsita Travel Talks came about. I remember clearly we went to a spa one day, a group of people, and we were there with the lady that was, there was a deaf lady that was traveling. And I was saying, oh, I would like to write some of these stories. And you were, for all the people who have read our Facebook stories, you're the one that wrote the first two stories. And so it's really cool to catch up with you again. You could tell the people where you are now and what you're doing. Yeah, so... I'm back in Ireland now. Been back here for two years. So I'm teaching in a special needs school, in an autistic school. Okay. Where did your travel bug come from? What was it that made you wanted to travel out of Ireland in the first place? When I was just turned 19, I went traveling around Europe and I went with four of my friends and we went on the trains, you know, interrailing. Uh-huh. So it was, it was great fun. Um, we went all around the place and it was like, we were like three weeks in, we were in Croatia or something and I was like oh man there's only a week left and then I started talking to other friends who were out in like Cyprus and they were there for the summer and I was like oh maybe I'll go there because I wasn't ready for it to end so the rest of the guys went home and and I I kept kind of traveling on and traveled a little bit on my own there through Greece for a few days and yeah I just kind of loved it since then always and uh, had the desire i suppose to to do a year as well after after working for a few years okay i suppose in my 20s i just wanted to make sure that i got that out of my system i felt like i needed a a trip okay um, and i saved I, I had the money saved and just wanted to go you know i knew it was something i needed to do friends and family around you what were they saying about the idea that you wanted to go off and see the world yeah, for the most part, my my friends were like, yeah, go for it. And my parents were very supportive. I was going either way, so they might as well have supported me. And uh, yeah, like my mom was probably saying her prayers at home and a little bit worried about the whole South America thing as there's kind of that stereotype that we have 
over here in Ireland sometimes. And my dad, of course, he used, he's he's been a great support as well for traveling or any of the good stuff that I want to do in life. He's he's usually backing me. So that that's great. And it means a lot, of course. A little bit about how you did it. Why South America? What, what, was, what was your calling for South America? For South America, I suppose I just, that was kind of, it seemed to be like the dream to go. Years before that, I had... Like I always wanted to go to Thailand. That was one of the countries I wanted to go to. And then South America was just a big part of the map that I wanted to to try and get through. So yeah, it was definitely something. And I I read into it, and I had been looking at other people who travel there and talking to other people who travel there, and they just seemed to have a great time. So yeah, I was just kind of drawn to it for that reason. Let's talk a little bit about how you were traveling around in South America. Like, how did you? How did you get about? What was your means of transportation? For the most part, it was like buses. I traveled all the way from from Bogota. We went all through Colombia, all through Ecuador, all through Peru. It wasn't until we got to Cusco, until we got a flight to Bolivia. So, yeah, we traveled a lot of ground on, on buses. And you know yourself, there was there was some 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 crazy journeys on the buses and some long hours, but I think that was actually it was it was good fun, and a lot of the times we planned our trips, we'd we'd go get on the bus and and do an overnight journey, and but I got used to it pretty quick, so it was cool. Did you remember one of your crazy? I think bus over stories? here with crazy bus stories. I don't really have any crazy bus stories. Slept a lot on the bus. <laughs> You just slept through it. I slept through it. So, and I'm sure that I was hanging off uh, some pretty dangerous places at times. Let, let's look at one of the, because everyone, you know, obviously people talks about, we always talk about the glory times when we're traveling. Do you have maybe a story where you didn't have such a great time and you were thinking, oh, maybe I should go home now? Oh, I can't believe you asked that question. Well, there was, there's obviously, there's all highs and lows on this as well. Um, throughout it, it's not all like, it's not all wonderful when you head off traveling. There is different challenges that you, that you come through, even all those long bus journeys and all that. But I suppose the one point was when I was at the festival and I got attacked one night and that happened uh, when I was in Ecuador. I put myself in a bit of a dangerous situation, I suppose, uh, walking home at like 6 a.m. in the morning and I bumped into like three teenage ended uh, pretty severely beaten. So that was definitely the lowest part of it. One of the lowest parts probably of my life in ways. Um, I found it really difficult to be over there and being in hospital, which the hospital I found wasn't so good until I was lucky enough to find a good plastic surgeon because I had a lot of stitches on my face. Half of my ear was um, gone off from a bottle. got all the the back of my neck and everything so it was good I finally got good treatment and I was in and out of hospital for three weeks um that was hard because also I didn't get to tell my parents because I didn't really want to worry them I only told like a few friends so it was quite a, a challenging experience but nonetheless it was one of the lowest points of my of my life and definitely the the trip but I had great people around me. So, like, I was in your hostel and you were obviously putting us up. We were volunteering there. And then we stayed on for a while after. But the amount of support that I got there 
between the the police, between the plastic surgeon, um, the people at the hospital, yourself, like you did so much for me, I just can never thank you enough. Um, and then I was lucky to have Leisha with me. So it was now that I've come out of that, I, I still, it's not something that I have a regret. I used to kind of hold a bit of, I was holding a bit of anger towards all those young lads. Like I was like, oh, I wanted to get them back. But um, I completely let go of all of that now. And and uh, yeah, it, it actually, it was, an, it was an okay experience. <laughs> okay. One of the police officers that were there, I still saw him for quite a while after that because he was just, just really, even on his free time, he was coming to help and checking and seeing what's going on and how everything, uh, everything was going. You know, people usually talk badly about police officers, but I think he was really a star, a star person in, in the whole process. Absolutely. Like he was, he was amazing. Um, and the plastic surgeon was amazing. The nurses were amazing. The hospital was, yeah, it kind of blew me away how good people can be. And, and when you're in a, in a different country, like I was in, obviously, over in Ecuador and, and you're away from home. And yeah, just to get that support was really good. Mm-hmm. Really did blow me away. Yeah, and it actually, I suppose I started from that experience, Tony. I don't know if you remember, I, I was in your, I obviously staying in the hostel for another few weeks and I had a lot of time and I had a big bandage around my head. And that's when I kind of started writing. And I actually started writing music from that story because I think writing down what happened and all of that stuff was a bit of a healing process. And I was like, wow, this is, this is making me feel better. And if I write this stuff down, it's like getting something off my chest. So it kind of started that whole journey for me. So that's kind of the, it, it, was, it was cool that way, you know, that I, I was able to find a way to, to channel my energy. Okay, and I right. continue to, to, to write now um, from time to time. So you're writing music? Are you writing any other type of stories? Not other stories, Tony. You only stories I've written were the ones uh, from from those early days of your travel talks. You know, at least they could read those too. Absolutely. In the travel talks, so the first one was about the the deaf traveler, basically solo traveling as a deaf traveler. What do you what do you think about that when when you hear people say to you, oh, "I can't travel," and then you think of a situation like her? It, it is inspirational, really. Mm-hmm. And I know that you had another person on your podcast that I listened to and it was very interesting. The guy who was blind yeah. and he traveled to like 125 countries. Am I right? You're, Something ridiculous yes. anyway. Uh, yes, you're right. I just thought, yeah, it's definitely amazing. And of course, everybody, everybody has their stories about why they can't go. But if, if you really want to go, I think you will. And they're a testament to that. If you do really want to go and you do have that burning desire, you, you'll make it. Exactly. You'll find, you'll find the road. You'll find the road, yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. And it's definitely like something I'd recommend. I met someone only like last week, say a friend of a friend, and he was telling me that he's heading off to Mexico now to start his travels. You can get into Mexico, but I think it's hard to get into other places. I was just listening to him and he was telling me about he's going to Mexico, Central, you know, all around Central America, down to South America, and the energy off him, you know, he's just buzzing to go. And I was just, when I talk to people now who are about to go traveling, I'm like, oh, you're going to have such a good time, you know? Like, I don't have that crazy desire now, like he has, 
but mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, you're going to have such a good time. I'm glad I got it out of my system. But um, yeah, I just, when I hear of other people going, it does give me that like class, you know, you're about to have a really good time. And especially in South America, because it's just so cool. What was one of the wow moments on your trip? It's, it's hard to pick one exactly, because there were so many wow moments, like the adventure trails and finally getting to Machu Picchu, Machu Picchu Lake Titicaca, Death Road. We, we cycled down that. The time in the Amazon. There was Tarona Park in, in Colombia. Going to La Paz and, and to the prison and meeting Crazy Dave was pretty good. The prison, because I'd read about that from that book, Marching Powder. So it was somewhere that I really wanted to go. Going and visiting kind of really brought it to life. Also, yeah, I suppose I got to do a climb of Huayna Potosi. Yeah. That, was, that was really cool. And I was in, I was in the pub one night in the, in the hostel and I met this German guy and we were having a few drinks and then we had even some more drinks and of course we started talking about the mountains around the place and I mentioned Huayna Potosi to him that I'd heard about it and it was whatever 6,088 meters and he was like oh man I'll do it with you I'll do it with you and I was like I'm serious about this now I want to go tomorrow and of course you know the way yourself after you've a few drinks you climb any any mountain (laughs) so uh, he was all up for it but um, in fairness to him I got up the next day and uh, went down to breakfast and he was like, let's go check it out. Let's go and do this. And funnily enough, that night he accused me of, of taking his wallet from the table. And uh, so I don't know why I actually ended up going up the, the mountain with him because he, he, um, he was quite a funny guy. And he, he checked the cameras to see did, who took his wallet and it, he found out it wasn't me. Uh, he'd misplaced his wallet and then he apologized to me, but I still went up the mountain with him anyway. So two of us went off and we met this um, tour guide and he organized it for us. So we headed off the next day. Uh, it was three days in total. And uh, the first day was we did all the training and how to use the gear and the axe and all that stuff. And then we did two days of, of climbing. And it was like, if any one of us gets sick, they told us, we're both, we're all going to have to go down. So on the first day, uh, my German friend, he was feeling really rough and it was looking like we were going to have to go down. And I was encouraging him. I was like, come on, let's go. Please make it, you know. And uh, he made it anyway to the to the camp, which was at 5,500 meters. So that's where we, we stopped at around six o'clock in the evening. And we were going to rest there until 12 at night to make the final 600 or so meters. That was grand. We had a a cup of tea at like 12 o'clock at night and set off again. And it was actually, funnily enough, then on the way up the second day, it was me who was feeling really rough. I I didn't feel good at all with the high altitude. We eventually made it to, I remember there was like 100 meters left and and that bit was pretty intense. It took over an hour to actually travel the 100 meters with just like, barely barely moving and I'd heard I'd heard about that from other other people who who done those the, the climb but yeah got up to the top and it was absolutely amazing up there the sun the there was it was sunrise and the snow-capped mountains and yeah it was just a wow moment definitely um I just soaked it in and then 
we had to head off again pretty quickly to get down there, to get down the mountain, because obviously we were pretty tired as well at that stage. So they, they wanted to keep us moving. But that, that moment stands out for sure. Okay. And are you planning on doing any more mountains? I'm not really, no. <laughs> no. I haven't been doing much. Okay, I haven't that's... been doing much here. It was it was definitely I suppose I can see why people do it, you know. It does push you, it does push your limits and uh I'd definitely do it again. I would But you're do doing more again. pubs, right? Actually, you know what, if there was more pubs along the way I'd be doing more mountain climbing. Okay. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you said you're back home and do you feel like this is it, you've done with your travelling or do you have plans to to go back on the road again at some point. We can't even leave our county at the moment, so I don't think I'll be heading anywhere in anytime soon. Okay, so for our final question, was there, as you're a teacher, is there something that you learned or something that you would like to share with the audience about your experience, your overall experience of traveling? Like I mentioned earlier, the lowest point that we hit, you know, the, the toughest times in our lives actually can turn out to be there's the hardest lessons in there and I feel that there was a lot of learning from that that was a huge lesson I also feel like yeah traveling there's a beautiful sense of of freedom when you fly off and hit the road that's something that that I really love so yeah I I suppose that the thing is if you feel that you have that thing inside you that you do want to go and travel I would say give it a go you won't regret it a lot of people, though, get sucked into jobs and then you get a little bit extra and you're moving up the ladder. So it's, it's hard to go. But I think just taking the plunge and going, it's I definitely it definitely changed me as a person in, in becoming the whole person. I suppose traveling does broaden your horizons and, and it makes you more open minded and more curious and more open for even more adventure. The more you get, you know, you, you, you want more of that stuff. So it's cool. I learned a lot about good people. There's, there's a lot of them in the world and um, that, that definitely, um, that was amazing, as I said already. Another thing is, that I suppose, it's, it's never too late to travel. I met people of all ages and, and with lots of different stories. And I even remember hanging out with a guy in his 60s and he was just setting off all by himself and really enjoying himself because... He was great crack anyway. So, yeah, it's it's never too late. And you never know. I might be back to see you again at some stage, Tony. Who knows? Okay, that'll be cool. Yeah, it would be great. <laughs> again, I'd like to encourage everyone to check out our Facebook page so they can see the two stories that you wrote for us. Traveling in Silence, about the deaf uh, solo female traveler, and Flashpacker. So if anyone wants to find out more about what a Flashpacker is, they can read your article number two on our Facebook page. Nice one. Okay. Well, it was great catching up. You're there in Ireland. I'm here in Cuenca, Ecuador, having a tea. <laughs> so cheers. Cheers, Tony. It was great, great chatting to you, man. All the best. Thank you for listening in. I hope you enjoyed today's show. One of the cool things about doing the show is I get to catch up with people that I've had here at the hostel with me in El Cafecito, Cuenca. Also, if you'd like to get a hold of Peter or listen to some of his music, please take a look at the podcast notes to see how you could do so. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page where you can see the stories which he has written and the others. And if you're someone who likes to write or have an idea for a future podcast, please send us an email to elcastetotraveltalks at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments about the show, any ways that I could improve on, please send an email to lkfctravelltalks at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, 
Through donations, please take a look at the podcast notes to see how you could do so. As always, I look forward to seeing you here someday here in the Cafecito Cuenca. For now, please stay safe. All the best.